Indeed, O oh God, we are a people who stand only in the merits of Christ Jesus the Lord. We dare not try to point to or plead merit other than His. It is Christ and Christ alone on which forms the foundation upon which your people stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All of the ground disappoints. All of the ground condemns. It is to Christ that we plead. It is to Christ that we apply. It is Christ and Christ alone. Our Father, we are a people who live in a fallen world, and that fallenness seems to be scarier by the day. Men are casting off restraint in ways that we would have never dreamed 18 months ago. And now we find ourselves in a world where our, our nation is hated by so many, and peace is elusive in so many places, and here we stand to enjoy an air-conditioned building and friends that are clean and, and clothed in finery. Father, you have a task for us. Never let us forget it. That before Jesus left, he entrusted to us a commission a commission to announce and proclaim the beauties and the excellencies of Jesus Christ around the world. And so I pray that you would arouse us, that we might be done with creature comforts and be all about the expansion of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Father, we give to that end. and We pray that every dime of this will be used for that purpose. And also, Lord... In a few minutes, we're about to come before you in a way that we don't normally do uh, week after week, but monthly we come to remember the cornerstone of our faith. Ready us to do that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Grab your Bibles, if you will, and open them to the book of, to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 at verse 21. You follow as I read. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he said, and he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. 
Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, that endures forever. If, if you attend Gracie Van regularly, you're, I know you're tired of hearing this, but on a monthly basis, I really have to say this. Just for the sake of those who are here, who are relatively new or who are visiting perhaps for the first time. Uh, on a normal Sunday, um, the, the item in the worship service that gets the most amount of time is my sermon. So in that respect, I guess you could say that the focus of the worship service normally is on is on learning to know God better through his word. And so the focus is really on what I prepare and, and what I offer, hopefully being a stimulant to you as you come to know God better. But once a month, it's different here at Gracie Van. The, uh, the focus is not on what I'm going to do. The focus is on you. The focus is on what you're going to do. Because it's going to be centered around this sacrament in just a few minutes. Because, ladies and gentlemen, in, in at least once a month, you have to participate. You can't sit there and, and, uh, and try to listen to some maniac behind the pulpit. You have to participate. Because these things are going to be passed to you. And so you've got to figure out what in the world's going on here. And what we try to do is give you a minute or two just to reflect on what you've got in your hand. Because these are emblems. They're common emblems. You've seen them before. But they're emblems of the cornerstone of our faith. And so you have to reflect on the, on the heartbeat, on the very center of the Christian message. That being the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. So that's what we do once a month at this sacrament. Now, having said that. Um, my childhood was spent in the Methodist church. Not, not all of my childhood, but just the, the church portion of my childhood was spent in the Methodist church. And um, there were several things that I brought out of that experience into, by way of memory, uh, into adulthood with me. For instance, um, the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know that one, don't you? Or the uh, Gloria Patri, which is not something you perhaps will re- remember, but I do. It's glory be to the Father and to the Son. That one. And then uh, in the back of our hymnals there in my childhood exposure in the Methodist church was a, a set of creeds. You may, re- If you've got a, a Methodist background, you might remember. There was the Apostles' Creed, and, and we pretty much use that every week, the Apostles' Creed. And there was the... There was the Nicene Creed. Uh, we used that from time to time. And there was a third one, and I don't remember what the name of it because we didn't use it very often. But there was also a, a prayer. A prayer that we used every time we had communion. And at the time, I didn't know who wrote that prayer. I do now, but I didn't then. And, but I still remember some of it. It's amazing, um, as, I, um, as I studied this passage... That this thing came to mind. Um, we do not presume to come to this thy table, O Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. I can't believe that's stuck in my head. There's more to it, but that's, that's really the only part I, I remember. And the interesting part about that is, can you see that that prayer is based on this story out of Matthew 15? We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. Where'd that come from? It came from this story. It came from this thing that I just read you out of Matthew chapter 15. The, the author of that prayer, it's longer than just those two sentences, is a guy by the name of Thomas Cranmer. And Cranmer wrote that, or at least published it, in 1549. And he used this story um, as the basis to talk about something that I think is very relevant for us this morning, and that is, how do you approach this table? Let me go back to the first sentence. It goes like this. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O Lord. You see, what Cranmer's doing is trying to help people understand how they're supposed to come. How they're supposed to approach. And so he takes this story about this, uh, elsewhere she's called the Syrophoenician woman. She's called here a Canaanite woman. Uh, he, he takes this story um, and uses it to describe the right approach. Because, ladies and gentlemen... This woman illustrates how anybody should come to Jesus Christ. Um, How do we draw nigh to the Savior? Well, just do it like she did. How is it that we come to this, these sacred elements? And, and, and participate rightly. Well, you might want to do it like she did. Because this little section, actually, of the New Testament, you know, there's sections of the, where Jesus, for instance, there's a section about who is he? And then you get three or four chapters uh, and story after story about trying to define who he is. And then the, the, the theme of the, of, the, of the gospel book, like Matthew or Luke, it'll change and it'll be, okay, how do we approach him? Well, this is about how do we approach him? How do we approach Jesus Christ? How do we come rightly to this table? How do we draw nigh? Uh, gang, this woman that is the focus of this story is, of, is, <laughs> is a woman. And she is a Gentile woman. Quite in contrast... To the people of verse 1 of chapter 15, verse 1, the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem. Oh, these guys are the professionals. They're the religious elite. They're, they're the insiders. Um, but quite in contrast to them, there's this woman who is a Gentile. Now, gang, you've heard me say this before. I bet you if you hadn't heard it from me, you've heard it from somebody else. But Jewish men would get up in the morning and they would thank God for three things. I thank you, O God, that I'm not a Gentile. I thank you, O God, that I'm not a woman. And I thank you, O God, that I'm not a slave. Well, two out of three ain't bad. I mean, she's a Gentile and a woman. And she is 
the consummate outsider. And yet in addition to being that, she was a desperate mother. And some of us will know a little bit about that. Being a desperate mother. And she approaches Jesus, and Jesus, at the beginning, <laughs> ignores her. And then, and then if that weren't bad enough, he calls her a dog. That's rather insulting, don't you think? Maybe not in this canine-loving culture of ours. But gang, back then, dogs were not what you'd call valued. In fact, do you remember the story? Remember the story when David, the guy that wrote the Psalms, when David went out to fight Goliath and he had his, you know, his slingshot in the rocks? And Goliath sees him coming and Goliath says, Am I a dog that you'd send this guy? Because dogs, dogs were not exactly what you would call valued. And he calls her a dog. Well, it's really not so much an insult as, as Jesus is simply saying, Madam, there's an order here. And it's Israel first. Um, now, in the face of that which might have been received as an insult, the message, the lesson for us, is really in her reply. That's where we've got to learn something, gang, gang, is watching her reply. Because instead of getting all huffy and, and stomping off, once Jesus calls her a dog, she says, she says, yes, Lord, you know, I am a dog. But you know, Lord, dogs need food too. And there's enough on your table even for Gentiles. In fact, Jesus, there is more than enough on your table. Because even the scraps of yours would be enough. The, the spillover from someone like you is plenty. Just, just the crumbs, Jesus, would suffice. Now, guys, again, how do you approach the table? How do you approach him? Just, just watch her. Because there's no hint of merit in what she says. She isn't demanding. She's begging. In terms of that spectrum, you know, demanding, begging, oh, we're, we're a whole lot further down the demanding end. <laughs> that begging thing. We're not real comfortable with that. She says, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Jesus, no, no, no. You, you don't owe me. You owe me nothing. I am not coming to you on the basis of my goodness. I'm coming to you on the basis of knowing you worse. Even what spills off your table, Jesus, is plenty. I just want a scrap. I just want a crumb. 
My brokenness, my uncleanness is a foregone conclusion. It goes without saying. But you, your crumbs are enough. Please, I long for what I know I do not deserve. But though I have no goodness to offer you, you've got plenty to offer me. Even for someone as unclean as I, there's plenty on your table. There is a, there is a super abundance on your table. And as it spills over the sides, all I want is not what I deserve. I just want a scrap. And that's quite an approach, gang. You want to know how to approach him? You want to know how to approach this table? Just do it like this. She's your model. She's, she's in essence a female version of Jacob. You remember the story of Jacob that we're in in Genesis 32? Where, G, where Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Well, this is kind of a, a female version of that. I won't let you go until I can have what is yours. And yet, I know that I have no right to ask. I have no right that qualifies me. And this approach to Jesus Christ is memorialized in the words of Thomas Cranmer some 16 centuries later when Cranmer says in the first book of Common Prayer, We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. Can I read you the rest? But thou art the same Lord whose mercy is everlasting. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may continually dwell in him and he in us that our sinful bodies may be made clean by His body and our souls washed through the most precious blood of Christ. Amen. You want to know how to come? You could use Thomas Cranmer's words. Or you could do just like she does. And because of what she does, memorialized in Thomas Granmer's thing, sinners have been praying that for centuries. And this woman showed us how we come. The only ones who are welcomed at this table are the ones who know that they have no right to be there. 
And they also know that on this table there is to be found a superabundance of grace. This table spills over On Gentiles, on a Gentile as wicked as this one. And so, my brother and sister in Christ, grab you a crumb and relish it. Father, I do pray that you will properly equip your people to approach this table. That as we come, we would set aside any claim to righteousness, any claim to merit, and do nothing but lay hold of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And might they find nourishment for their souls as we, as we think all over again about the finished work of Jesus Christ for us. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name.